Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is our first reading, Jeremiah chapter 1. Remind you of these words. The Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. This is the word of our God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Greetings. You are hereby summoned for jury service and to appear before the Honorable Judge Richard Bianchi on the date listed below. Dress code will be enforced. No shorts, halters, sleeveless tops, or rubber sandals will be permitted. Please do not bring children. I took those words from a jury summons out of Arkansas County, Texas. You note something about it. It's pretty serious in tone. And there's no question on there that asks, do you agree to appear with little checkboxes for yes and no afterwards? Appearing is not an option. It is mandatory. Now, of course, you can appear at the court and one of those lawyers can dismiss you because he doesn't want you to be part of the jury. But showing up when summoned is an absolute necessity. It is the law of the land. When our God in his grace called us to be members of his kingdom, to be his children, he called us also to a life of serving him. And a big part of that service to our God is proclaiming his word to others. My friends, this is not optional. God calls all of us to proclaim his holy word. But my friends, even though that may seem like an incredibly daunting task, there is much joy and comfort for us today. Because you see, God chooses us for this kind of service purely out of his grace. God promises that he will be with us right by our side every step of the way. And God gives us the word to share. And my friends, it is a mighty word indeed, a word that changes hearts and lives. Our text comes from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Let's talk about Jeremiah for a moment. To say that Jeremiah had his task cut out for him would be a bit of an understatement. Jeremiah served as prophet for 41 years in Judah. He served right up to that time when the Babylonians came swooping in and carried uh, Judah off into captivity. The year was 586 B.C. If you read the book that bears Jeremiah's name, get ready for some hard work because it's not an easy read. And that's because Jeremiah proclaimed a difficult message. His message in a word was repent. God's chosen people were not living up to that name. They did not want to serve the Lord. They did not want to hear his word. Instead, they served idols. They served themselves. They listened only to prophets that would tell them exactly what they wanted to hear. So, like Noah before him, Jeremiah was called to preach four decades of preaching to an audience that just did not want to hear what he had to say. But my friends, this was no accident. It was no accident that Jeremiah became the prophet to God's people Judah at this time. Listen to what he writes. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
God did not choose Jeremiah because he was the best speaker in the land. God did not choose Jeremiah because he graduated summa cum laude from Jerusalem University. God did not choose Jeremiah because he had the respect of his peers. He chose him before he was born, before he had done anything or spoken even a single word. He chose Jeremiah based not on his quality or character. He chose him purely out of grace. My friends, God chose us in exactly the same way. Listen to God's words that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. God chose each of us for salvation. He chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. He picked us to be adopted into his family of faith. And when does Paul tell us that this happened? Before the creation of the world. Again, that means that God's choice was not based on anything that we did. We hadn't done anything yet. Nor was God's choice based on our character. We weren't even born yet. No, God's choice was based entirely on his character. His choice was made in grace. His undeserved love for us undeserving sinners. My friends, when the God of grace chose us to be part of his forever family of faith, he also called us to service. God gave us our marching orders, if you will, our mission. He gave us the job of sharing his word with the world. Perhaps that thought seems kind of daunting. Perhaps the idea of sharing God's word makes you a little uncomfortable. Well, you know what, my friends? You would hardly be the first to feel that way. When the Lord called his prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah's first reaction was not, Hooray! This sounds like a lot of fun. Let's get after it, Lord. The first thing he did is start making excuses. Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Now, Jeremiah was a young man at this time, probably in his late teens. He was, in a sense, untrained, untested. He didn't feel that he was up to this mighty task that was before him. And so he tried mightily to excuse himself. But notice something. God didn't want to hear it. Now, we're pretty good at making excuses in this regard too, aren't we? God, I can't share your word with the world. I don't know your word well enough. And besides, it's, it's so big, it's so complicated, I'm just afraid that I'm going to say the wrong thing. God, I, I can't talk about your love with my classmates and my coworkers. They'll think I'm weird. They'll make fun of me. Lord, I, I can't call my sister to repentance. The entire family is going to turn against me. They're going to think I'm, I'm holier than they are, at least that I think I am. They're going to call me a hypocrite. Again, here's the thing. God does not want to hear our excuses, nor does he accept them. Notice that he didn't say to Jeremiah, Oh, Jeremiah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that this was going to make you uncomfortable. I didn't know that this was going to be difficult for you. I'll come up with something else. I'll find a different way for you to serve me. None of that at all. This is what God said to him. Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. 
God was not interested in Jeremiah's excuses. He was interested in calling Judah, whom he loved, to repentance. So then what did God do? Did God scold his prophet? Did he threaten to punish him in some way? No, God, in grace, did what he always does. He spoke kind words. He gave Jeremiah a promise. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God knew that his young prophet was afraid, and he knew that Jeremiah had some pretty good reasons to be afraid. As I said, the people of Judah were steeped in sin and idolatry, and they did not want to hear a message of repentance. They didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say, and they had some pretty nasty things to say to him. They called him nasty names like traitor. Uh, they threatened him. They even imprisoned him for a while. And yet, my friends, God kept his promise. He was with his prophet every step of the way, upholding him, sustaining him, strengthening him, encouraging him, and finally rescuing him from the hands of his enemies. And of course, our God in his grace deals with us no differently. You know, the Lord Jesus himself gave us our marching orders, our commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. The mission is very clear, isn't it? Baptize, teach, make disciples. But just because our mission in this world is clear does not mean that it's always easy. In our second reading, we heard the Apostle Paul give this warning to a young pastor named Timothy. He said, The time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. People today are just as reluctant to hear God's word as the people in Jeremiah's day were. But my friends, when Jesus gave us our purpose, he also gave us a promise to go with it. He said, go, baptize, teach, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are never alone as we carry out our mission. As God was with Jeremiah, so our Savior is with us every step of the way, graciously upholding us, sustaining us, strengthening us, and finally rescuing us from our enemies. And that is truly an encouraging thought, is it not? I think the Apostle Paul put it best. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? With God at our side, my friends, we go to proclaim his word to the world. We don't go with our own message. God made that very clear to Jeremiah, didn't he? He said, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. God's prophet Jeremiah did not have to come up with his own material, his own message. Prophets are never to do that. And when they do come up with their own material, disaster automatically follows. It's interesting to note that in the book of this prophecy, Jeremiah's book, the phrase, the word of the Lord came, appears 30 different times. It's clear where the message has come from. God spoke to Jeremiah directly. Today, he speaks to us through his word in the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments. God provides us, my friends, as we carry out our mission, both the message that we are to share and the audience with whom to share it. But just exactly what is the message that we share? 
The Apostle Paul provides a beautiful summary in his letter to the Romans. He writes, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And I want you to notice the word all in that passage. All have sinned, no exceptions, and all are justified freely by His grace. That is, they are declared not guilty of their sins. They are declared to be holy and innocent in the eyes of God. Now, how can a holy God declare an entire world filled with sinners not guilty in His sight? One word. Jesus. Jesus Christ made it all happen. Jesus gave up his glory as true God for a time and came to live in our place, in our flesh, under the law of God. And he lived perfectly under that law. He fulfilled it every last step of the way. He resisted every temptation. He never sinned, not once, not in thought or desire, not in word or in deed. And then this sinless one became sin itself in God's eyes. He carried the sins of the world to the cross. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And there at that cross, Jesus Christ gave up his life, the most precious life there is, in payment for the sins of the world. Note it well, my friends. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only for ours also for the sins of the whole world. By that horrible death on the cross, that shameful death, Jesus made the payment for all the world's sins. But that was not the end of his story. The Apostle Paul tells us that he was delivered over to death for our sins, but he was raised to life because of our justification. Because Jesus accomplished his mission, because he won our forgiveness, God raised him from the dead on the third day in glorious victory. My friends, this is the powerful message that God has given us, a message of life in Christ alone, a message of both law and gospel, a message that is mighty, that changes hearts and lives. Not only does God give us the message, he also gives us the audience. What is the audience? Well, go back to that word all that we talked about a minute ago. That's a good hint as to what the audience is. God's word is for everyone. The message of the good news of Jesus is for everyone because, of course, Jesus came into the world to save everyone. Here's a, a good way to tell. If a person is a person, then that person is an audience for God's word. Now, while that is the true, everybody is the audience, our God actually narrows it down for us in a sense. He personalizes our audience for us. He directs people onto our path. He puts people into our lives and gives us opportunity after opportunity to share his mighty word with them. For example, he gives us our children and the responsibility to teach them about Jesus, to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He gives us our family 
and our friends and loved ones, and plenty of opportunities to encourage them, to speak a kind word to them when they are down, or perhaps to call them to repentance when they've fallen into some kind of sin. He puts us into situations, sometimes uncomfortable situations, with co-workers and classmates and even complete strangers where we pretty much don't really have a choice but to talk to them about Jesus, to share with them the reason for the hope that we have. And my friends, here's the thing. He promises to be with us and to work through that message. Did you notice his promise to Jeremiah that he was going to work through his message? He sent Jeremiah out to preach and he said that through that message he would uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, build and plant. God's law and gospel always do their work. God gave a very similar promise to Isaiah. He said, my word will not return to me empty. It won't. It will achieve what I desire and accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. My friends, that is the powerful word that we have the privilege of sharing. Again, doing this is not optional. God doesn't give us the choice. As his children, we are to share his word. But my friends, we can do this with a smile on our faces. We can do it with confidence and joy. Because remember, God himself is the one who has graciously called us to this work. God himself stands by our side. He is with us every step of the way. And God himself works powerfully through the message that we share. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, be what God has made you to be. And do what God has called each of you to do. Proclaim his word to everyone. Amen.